BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services in partnership with OCR Bunny and OCR Strong. Here we discuss all things OCR and fitness related. Welcome to BeastNet. How you doing? I'm okay. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. Just, yeah, trying to finally get my mindset to where it should be to to get ready for, for the season. So, because I figured that's what everybody? we talked about this time is, yeah, just talk about that whole getting out of the the winter mindset and into the, like, hey, it's time to get, you know, my body ready again to do yeah. all this crap. Um, I particularly have been really struggling with that lately, like more than normal. Usually I go into my off season. I'm like, yes, I'm not running right now. I'm going to go and like lift really heavy things. Mm -hmm. And that didn't happen. And then my running training kicked back in and I'm like, I still like, I'm not really loving running right now. And I'm not really giving myself the time that I like to lift and like, I just can't find the motivation. Yeah. Well, what's helped me a little bit, I think is I I found a group out here um, and a rock group. So I'll go rocking on the weekends and stuff, but it's, you know, which is good getting me moving. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I'm like, I'm doing an Ironman in four, three months now. Right. So, I mean, it's like, okay, if you're going to finish this, you need to get off your ass and do something. So, I've been trying to do my my plan right now. My goal is Monday and Wednesdays I run at least a five k on my treadmill or whatever, but somehow get a five k in. Um, and that's also I've been also using. I got the for Christmas. I got the VR headset. Okay, yeah. And they have a. It's called Fit XR, and it's some really good like cardio like boxing and hit workouts and stuff like that. And I've been doing those and I have ankle and wrist rates weights that I've been putting on while I do those to get a little bit more. Um, so kind of throwing a few other random things in there. And then Tuesday, Thursdays, I get on the bike trainer. Okay. So, and not doing long distances, like 45 minutes or so on there. Um, and then my plan is a Saturday and Sunday will be my longer run and my longer bike ride. Good. So, um, and that gives me Friday to just relax, you know, and relax in my way, relaxing, but you know what I mean? So, but relaxing and not doing anything, but on top of that too, is pretty much every day, except for, I try and hit the gym at lunch at least three times a week, if not four. And sometimes it's been all five days, um, and go swimming and swim for for 20 to 25 minutes because I figured out, I've gotten the math figured out perfectly where if I leave my office, drive to the gym, change, jump in the water, swim for 20 to 25 minutes, change, drive, <laughs> you know, shower real quick, change, drive back to work. It's usually right on the hour mark for, you know, that my lunch time. So, and I can just, I grab, I make little wraps that I'll eat on the way to and back from the gym. So oh, perfect. To get my, my, my fuel in. So I, I've, I'm finally in my brain, got a plan going. <laughs> Good. And how are you tracking it? Tracking, that's my other part that I'm not good at. I just kind of keep track that this is what I'm, I have in my brain what I do Monday, Tuesday, you know, each day of the week and just making sure that I do it. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, I track it on my Strava. Well, I do have, okay, I do have, that's not completely true. I do have an Excel spreadsheet that I've actually been keeping since 2020. 
that by month, how much I've ran each day, swam or biked. And okay. Then, and totals for the month and gives me totals of how much I do. And I have my, my goals in there of how much I want to hit. And the one that I've been missing almost every month has been the bike. Okay. Do so, you document anything about how you're feeling? What went well, what went wrong, no, what you're what doing for do. fueling, yes. how your sleep was, your, you know, recovery, any kind of mindful training, anything like no, that. And that's what I need to start working on more. So it's been more of just like the, you know, because I'm, I think it just kind of comes with a, like the kind of person I am. I'm a, a numbers, you know, so I'll look at the numbers, go through all that stuff and the data. And I keep forgetting that, you know, what I ate, how I feel, all of that stuff is also part of the data. And I need to put that in there and figure out, you know, if I'm pushing too hard, like are my legs having too much of an issue coming from one to the other, you know, stuff like that. And I'm just, I'm not, I'm just like, okay, I did this minute, this much. Okay. But do you also track what pacing you're doing, what your heart rate was at, where your perceived level of exertion was? So how do you know? If your 5k run is getting better, you might be running it in a little faster pace, but your heart rate might be wicked jacked up, or mm -hmm. you might be feeling like you're dying compared to another day. I mean, where yeah. is that tracking? It's not there. And like I said, that's, that's the next step that I need to get to. So I've gotten to the point where I'm tracking the amount but like you said i need to track how how is it making me feel like i do know with the swim i do feel better on the swim i need to get better at the 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 tracking of everything else like i said you know i do know in the swim i am feeling better about it i mean i did what was it tuesday i think i basically took an extra long lunch i, I took an extra 15 minutes and i swam till i hit what 18 1800 meters okay which was 30 took me 35 minutes to hit 1800 meters, which to me feels really good. But, and I wasn't gassed at the end. Okay. Of and that's kind of been the thing too, is I do mentally think about, okay, I got through this and I'm not gassed because I know that has been a big problem when I've done triathlons in the past. I've swam, I come out of the water and I am gassed and just wrecked. And it's like, okay, now you got to get on the bike and go ride. You know, and that's what I'm trying to make sure with the swimming and like I said, trying to do it as much as I do to get to that point where I can walk out of the water, you know, and not be like trying to catch my breath and completely gasp before I even touch the bike. Because the bike's pretty much to make it or break it. Because if you, as long as you make the time hack on the swim, the bike is the longest time you're in the seat for longer than you're doing anything else. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like if you don't, and that's where I failed the last two times is on the bike. Okay. So I need to make sure when I get out of the water, I'm not. Cause one of the, well, technically I failed three triathlons. One of the triathlons I failed was because of that I came out of the water so gassed that I couldn't get going on the bike. By the time I got going on the bike, it was too, I ran out of time. So, and that was kind of the, the, the problem that I ran into is I came out of the water so gassed. So it's, it's you don't think of all of that until you get into and that's one of the other things i'm trying to find a smaller triathlon before the iron man mm -hmm. just so i can get in the water again and see where i'm at you're not doing brick training well i am but i'm just i mean just the, the, the event 
training okay. or, you know, when you're doing an event, yeah. it's just that little bit of different that, cause that's one of my biggest problems with my breathing. If my breathing goes out and a lot of times I think I run into problems is the anxiety will throw my breathing off even more. And if I can get through one, another one, I've done multiple triathlons, but if I get through a one, you know, a month or so before the event that I think it might hopefully calm me beforehand. Okay. I would say get yourself a notebook because one thing I stress to all of my clients is I don't want you having any surprises on race day. Mm -hmm. So every little thing that they do, I want all of the notes. I don't just want this felt great or God, this sucked. I want, I had X, Y, Z for breakfast and I ate this right before I took you know, this thing out with me right around this point, I felt, you know, this muscle or this is what happened was happening with my breathing. Um, I tested out, you know, this gear or this fueling and coming off of the run, I was feeling this, 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 I had to do, I had to stretch this or do this. And I want a full breakdown of what's going on when, as much as they can, of course. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all of the fueling, the gear, their rest recovery, everything that could go into that specific run or bike or whatever else, that lift. So then we can go in and say, okay, you, what did you learn from this workout and how are you going to apply this to this next race? So then come say world's toughest mutter. They know exactly what they need to eat on which specific lap and what they could potentially feel and how to manage their body mm -hmm. accordingly. And it all goes into, okay, let's go back to your last extra long run and see what you were feeling when you were feeling it and what, what you did and then how we can apply it to the next one. Yeah, which makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I mean, if you're running, say, a 5K once, twice a week, yeah, doing it right now, you might see some great results. But in a month or two, if you're still only running a 5K on a Monday, you could plateau. But if you're not going back and comparing, you know, a Monday in March to a Monday in February, how do you know if you're plateauing? Yeah, true. So, you know, take a look at all of the data. Look at your pacing, your heart rate, your exertion levels. It's also a great way to figure out when you need to be switching out your gear or what fueling is working or not working. And yeah, because else. I know, I mean, at least, I mean, I have the Garmin. So if I really, I could go back and look at the heart rate and all that stuff. I have been working on interval a little bit when I'm running, um, just to kind of get my, my pace back up to where it should be. I'll run two minutes kind of give myself a, a jog quick walk per minute and then run again for two minutes. And I have my, when I have my headphones on, I have my phone, a pacer on my phone that tells me, Hey, you know, go slow down, go slow down just to get me back into that. You know, cause when I trained before, that's how I did it. I did the, you know, the, the interval to get me up to where, but I did it differently because I was running the same track constantly. Okay. I picked certain spots on the track where I was right. like, okay, when I hit this spot, I'm going to run, 
but then I would just run as long as I could and then say, okay, when I hit this spot, I start running again. And eventually it came down to where I was passing the next spot while I was still running. So it was just, and then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, my mm -hmm. times were picking up a lot. And I think that's the big problem I'm running into is I was a lot more structured then. And I'm just now getting into, okay, I'm structuring the day. Now it's the, you know, like you're talking to, to go that next step structure even more so I can make sure that I'm getting, like I said, I got three months to get ready. I should have right. really been doing this like two months ago, probably three months ago, but yeah. Right. So like ultimately decide which days you're going to do what, you know, maybe when you're doing your intervals, okay, my timed intervals are going to slowly increase in time and I want to hold this pace or I want to hold this heart rate and not just, okay, run until I can't run anymore and then take a minute off and run until I can't run anymore. anymore. But yep. instead, okay, I am going for five minutes, run, see how far I get in that five minutes, see where my heart rate is at. And then maybe the next time you run for five minutes, be like, wow, I feel a lot better running in these five minutes. So maybe I can up this to a six minute interval or so on and so forth. Yeah. So that's kind of what I've been working on a little bit is the intervals is the two minutes, you know, and trying to figure out where I want that heart rate to be for those two minutes. Yeah. You no, know, you know, 140 to 150 is kind of where I've been hitting. What zone is that for you? Oh, three. Okay. I'd say zone three is like that gray area you never want to hit. Either yeah. go above it or stay below it. Don't zone. So you have a Garmin. You've mm -hmm. looked at how Garmin sets up like their high aerobic, low aerobic, and anaerobic. Zone three is high aerobic, but it's low in the high aerobic aspect. If you're going high aerobic, you want to go high aerobic. Yeah. If you're it's so it's it's dumping into your high aerobic bucket without doing any really substantial work in your high aerobic bucket and it's not filling your low aerobic bucket so you could potentially end up overtraining if you're staying in a low high aerobic because your body is like getting used to staying in that low high aerobic versus learning how to like push its thres threshold push its pace um and hold like a little bit more of an uncomfortable pace yeah so i would say which is Zone four and zone two are your sweet spots. And then if you're going to sprint, do sprint work or hill work, go to zone five. Yeah. I, I yeah. And that's one thing I've, I've had trouble with for me sometimes is the fact that I have like with my breathing, usually coming out of zone three, and that's just something I need to work on coming out of zone three is my breathing starts to go. Yep. And that's where I run into problems. As soon as my breathing, because of the asthma, as soon as my breathing starts to go, it's like, okay, you know, getting it back sometimes can be tough and it's just something I had to work on. And that was one of the biggest things. And I feel that I've lost over the last, you know, couple of years where I've taken, I haven't been pushing as hard as I was. I lost that, that lung strength and the lung control that I had gained um, from being able to run. Cause I could control that running. You know, I could run at a nine minute pace and keep my breathing right where I needed it. You know, and now if I go, you know, try going for that. My heart rate doesn't usually, you know, it might jump up to three, but if it hits four or five, then all of a sudden my, my lungs are just like done. And that's what I need to work on is that control of the lung, get my lungs, my lung control back. Cause if you can't breathe, you're not doing anything. 
Right. What do you do to bring your heart or to pull your breathing back in? Um, usually trying to slow down the pace a little bit and work on like focus on breathing in and breathing out and not, not let the anxiety get to me. Cause that's the other problem. Once the breathing starts to go, if I let the anxiety start taking over, now it becomes a whole mental and physical thing at the same time. So if I can keep myself calm and just focus on my breathing, but the problem I got to do is I got to remember how to focus on my breathing without stopping. And that's what I'm getting into now is I'll drop way down, you know, and try and focus on my breathing. And by the time I get my breathing under control, my heart rate's dropped down to like a hundred. Right. And, you know, I've got to keep the heart rate going. We get the breathing under control. Have you tried just giving yourself a really deep exhale? Yeah. How does that feel? I mean, it feels good. I mean, it okay. does. You know, it feels good and it gives me starts to give control, but that it's the hardest part of sometimes. Sometimes it's it's getting and keeping okay. the control. How much time are you spending in zone two? Um I don't know that for sure. I would have to like really I'm sure because my Garmin keeps control all that. Yep. Saves all that, I can go through and look at it. If you were to open up your Garmin right now and take a look at what you're training status is at can i ask what it is at yes that's what i was trying to i was actually trying to log in on my computer with the <laughs> while we were talking into my garmin and it's yeah wow it tells me congratulations on my new forerunner that i've had for a year and a half <laughs> that means you are not logging in all that often well i log in on my phone i never okay, I yeah. very rarely log in on my computer so it's yep. always on my phone so Let's see. Well, there's a lot on the, the on here. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's a whole bunch of stuff. Well, let me see the fitness. Um, I'm not seeing where it's at on the, the computer. Let's see if I check my phone. I try not to have my phone too close to me because sometimes it makes the computer do weird things. Right. And like makes funny noises. I know I just saw it on, on my phone like earlier. So let's see the fitness level. Do you have a training status? Health stats, trying to think. I've seen it before. I'm just not sure where to find it. I could tell you where it, it is. is for the Phoenix, but I don't know about your Garmin Connect. It says no. I don't know why. No. It doesn't have a training status? Oh, it's got to be with the VO2 max training, which I don't know how to do that. With VO2 max data, which I don't know why. Mine doesn't. Tell me that. That's very interesting. Because normally it tells me, okay, seven day load, it gives me optimal. On my seven-day load, training load, it gives me 71. At, right. Uh, a score of 71, which is optimal. Okay. That's what it gives me for the seven-day training load for for this last couple weeks. Um, Does last it give week, you a was, load focus? Like I, I said, the training status, I don't know why. It's not giving me a training status. That's very interesting. So... And I mean, obviously Garmin isn't perfect, right, right here, perfect example. Garmin's yeah. not perfect, but even with that, it isn't ever going to be completely perfect, particularly dealing with like heart rate, VO2 max, HRV, all that kind of stuff. But it does track trends pretty well. 
-hmm. So if it says you're, you know, overtraining or overreaching or you're unproductive, that's a pretty big indicator that like you're doing something a little too hard, like harder than you need to. And then it can tell you if you have like a shortage in high aerobic or low aerobic or anaerobic or whatever else. Um, but of course, it depends on which Garmin you have. Mine is like constantly telling me I'm I have an anaerobic shortage, but that's because like my heart rate monitor hasn't been connecting or died or, you yeah. know, my intervals just aren't hitting where they need to. Um, it's reading as like a high aerobic because I'm getting like into zone five and then coming right back down and my heart rate's recovering a little bit because, you know, I'm still getting over being sick or getting over like the off season and my heart rate still needs to accommodate all of that. So again, not perfect, but it can give you a pretty good idea of, you know, I need to spend a little bit more time at low aerobic versus high aerobic. Yeah. And see, actually looking at it, it does show that it has different points, but it seems what it is, is if I'm not doing activities outside, it doesn't count it. Really? Yeah. So it counts when I was running, like when I was in Palm Springs, it counted as productive because I was running outside every day. But I've been doing all of my, either on a treadmill or my trainer inside. So it's not counting those. That's very surprising. Towards the training, which I don't know why. But... Right. I mean, hmm. I was sick last week, so I ran the last two runs on the treadmill, partially because Boston weather has been absolutely horrific for the last six months. Yeah. And I didn't feel like, you know, turning around and getting sick all over again. Um, and it's still counting all of my runs on a treadmill. Yeah. So that's very yeah. surprising. Have you contacted Garmin about it? No, because I've never actually noticed. I've I've never actually really looked at that. So, you know what this conversation is already telling me about that you? That I don't pay enough attention to the details. Yes. Yeah, it's that's me. I think <laughs> you should get a notebook. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I need to get a notebook. Yeah, or put a training log like on the wall or something that's like constantly in your face. You know, Venga CBD has a wonderful training log you can download and like put on your wall. And it's like a yearly training calendar. I have a, a notebook that's supposed to be a training notebook that I bought for that purpose that I is sitting in my gym. Okay, um, so next to the, the treadmill that I probably should start writing in. You need something more in your face. Yeah, no. yeah. So yeah, I'm looking at some of the stuff on the the reports on here, and yeah, it gives me my activities and all that, which all look great. But other than that, it's the yeah, I need to to work on paying attention to pace, heart rate, all that kind of stuff more than I have been. Okay. So yeah, interesting. Like I said, I'm I've never been one of those for details like that. It's pretty much it's I've always been a results type person i know that's been one of the tough parts for me too because like for my my doctors um they've got me kind of on a, a diet and not really a diet but paying more attention to what i'm eating and what i'm doing and all that stuff so i have to weigh myself every morning i freaking hate that um that's terrible it is i, I hate weighing myself every morning and i've talked to other people about this because the problem you run into you you jump so much yeah 
your body fluctuates like five point five pounds a day. Yeah. And mine does a lot depending on, you know, I mean, if I had any alcoholic beverages the night before, I'm going to be higher than normal. Yep. It's going to make me higher. Um, if I eat some of a lot of salt, I'm going to be higher, you know, and it really depends on a lot of things. And I think that's the hardest part for me sometimes. And one of the reasons like when I lost weight, you know, in 2020, I weighed myself pretty much weekly mm-hmm. and that was even rough. But it was because a lot of the stuff I was doing, it was a weekly weigh-in for a lot of the like challenges and stuff I was doing. Um, Because the daily weigh-in just, it kills me, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like you get up and all of a sudden it's like, hey, I'm, I'm down six pounds. And then all of a sudden the next day, hey, I'm back up five. Right. You know, and you get those, it's very hard and very mentally breaks you. So I've I've always been one of those ones that, and it, for working out, it doesn't work as well because if you're not paying attention to what's happening each time, you don't know how to adjust and fix and make it better. You know, for me, it's just like, hey, yeah, I felt good on that one. Let's do it again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's partly when I lost weight, why all of a sudden when I went to go to a Spartan race, I could barely lift anything. Because all I was doing was running and I was doing cardio and all of a sudden it's like, okay, go lift an Atlas ball. And you're like, I've never had a problem with this. And you're like, oh, yeah, I haven't been lifting. Right. I can feel a total difference in myself when I'm strictly running, strictly lifting or like doing both. And I know that I need to do both, but I feel best 100% when I'm lifting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And see, I'm the, I'm, I'm the opposite. I feel best when I'm running. Okay. So, and that's been why I've been trying to get, because that's the other thing I need to do is I need to start working more of the lifting back in. You know, I have all the stuff out in the garage to do it. I just need to get it, like, start doing more of that kind of stuff. Um, And I think what helped me with before was I had a bunch of insane challenges that had a bunch of lifting involved in them. So, you know, go run, go run two miles and then come back and lift a bunch of heavyweight. You know, whatever. But it was a lot of that. So it was kind of like I mixed them. Right. And I needed to get that part of my brain back going again. And it's one of those things, like I said, I, I... should have been doing this three months ago, but we both know how I work. Not in the <laughs> smartest way. <laughs> hey, right now I'm kind of in that exact same place. I'm like, I need to get going. Get your ass in gear. Just go. And it's tough. And it's one of those things I think what makes it really tough too sometimes is like when you've had that success and then things go bad and then you start feeling even worse because it's like, okay. All these people, you know, talk about how inspirational I was when I lost this weight and I did all this stuff. And now all of a sudden I'm, 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 I'm putting, I'm letting them down. Right. And then you start going down the mental hole and it's like, okay, now I'm getting into that vicious cycle and I need to get out of it and just do my thing. Right. Well, for me, it's in part saying, what the hell is Spartan doing? What the hell is Tough Mudder doing? And having less motivation to get out there. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, my race schedule isn't fully set because I'm not really motivated by the races that they have on the calendar. And we're not seeing as many local races. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm training for. Even though I know I'm training for the Holy Grail, but like, I'm just so uninspired after world's toughest mutter and it's like i'm not doing this because of a race i'm doing this because of me the race is going to come because i have been training for me 
not because I've been training for the race. Yeah. And I just need to get myself in that kind of mindset. But also I've like exploded with work. And when you work in fitness, you don't work a basic nine to five. You work 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. And then you have four hours off. And then you come back and you work until 8 p.m. And it's like, okay, I have a break from noon till three. I can go home and walk my dog and eat or I can work out. And it's like, how do I manage my time there? And, you know, do I have the energy to do all of this in one? And it's just a lot and it's mentally and physically exhausting. It is. I, I can imagine. It's like one of the things, it's the joke you hear all the time about how mechanics always have like the worst car. Because yeah. the last thing you want to do after you've worked on someone else's car is come home and work on your own. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, people like you that are trainers, it becomes rough that, you know, you need to have, because it sounds bad, but people don't want to listen to a trainer who's not in shape. So you have to like keep it up. But at the same time, it's like, I've just spent four hours training people have a three hour break and then I have to spend another four to six hours training people again. I don't want to train in between. Right. The best piece of advice I ever got, and it's actually from now the owner of the studio that I work at, but we used to work together at Equinox first. And he said, your body is your billboard. So I don't look at my workout time as this is my workout time. And this is still part of my work. I am reserved from this time to this time. And then I have to go home after to eat, walk tight and whatever else. Or it got, I got to the point this past week where I said, okay, I need to start hiring a dog walker. I need to start hiring somebody to come in and clean my house, maybe at least once a month, just because I know Monday through Thursday, I am booked nonstop. I cannot dedicate this time to get home in the middle of the day if I expect to uh, run and lift and then come back I can just stay at the studio all day have somebody come walk Titan and then when I come home at night you know let him out and then I am reserving my Fridays to finish up by like 8 9 a.m and then I start my weekend yeah. So I know I can get almost three full days off because I am killing myself the rest of the week mm -hmm. and I need to stay really regimented and my workouts are part of my work. I need to stay at the studio when I am not with clients. So then I am getting my computer work done. I'm getting my workouts done. I can't allow myself that little bit of reprieve to come home even if it is because I need to walk my dog, which I love my dog more than life itself. But the second I come home, I sit down and then I'm not even walking my dog because I'm like, oh, I can take a quick nap or mm -hmm. I can, you know, watch TV or whatever else. And it's like, no, I need to stay on until I fall into that schedule well enough and I'm feeling mentally and physically better. And now I don't have to worry about if I come home in the middle of the day, am I going to get lazy? And I think that's the hardest part is, you know, for me, that's one of the biggest things is one of the reasons why I had to set days 
because I would be that same way. I'll come home and it's like, hey, I think I'm going to run tonight. And when I get home, you sit down, you relax, you do whatever. And it's like, I don't want to get back up. I don't want to go do that now. You know, and that's why I think I had to say, okay, these days I'm doing this. Because then when it's in a schedule, it's like, okay, this is scheduled. I have, I need to do it. It's, you know, I'm not pushing it tomorrow because tomorrow I've got something else I got to do. And if I push it tomorrow, then I got to push that day, then that day. And then all of a sudden it's just, you know, it's all out of whack. And for me, a schedule, and that's one of the reasons why I decided just to, to say, okay, this is it. Because when I have a schedule, then it's completely different in my brain. Right. Like now it's there. Yeah. It's, it, it's a tough one sometimes. And I, I think that's one of the things, you know, to, to balance the life work, workout, to balance it all. And, and it becomes yeah. tough. And it all falls into, you know, you have to set your schedule, whether it's plan out what you're going to do when you're going to do it on the schedule, set aside time to meal prep. So, you know, when you come home at night, mm -hmm. you're not saying, oh, well, I don't have the energy to make dinner. It's, oh, well, let me just quickly grab dinner out of the fridge, throw it in the microwave. And, you know, I'm going to go change or whatever else take a shower while it's warming up come out eat and on to the next thing yeah and you know we got to plan out our sleep schedule our recovery every single thing should be on a schedule which it sounds so incredibly boring and regimented but until we have that motivation and that discipline back we have to hold ourselves accountable yeah, because that, that was the thing is what, what helped me was once I got the discipline, then it was just not second nature. I mean, if I didn't go run, I didn't feel right. So I would have to go run, you know, and that was just in my, you know, and every weekend I would do at least one long run, maybe two, you know, and I had it, it, it was regimented and in my brain, this is what I do. But then once, you know, I had a couple injuries and had to step back a little bit, I got out of that. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to fall back out and so hard to get back into that regimen. It's so hard. Yeah. And, you know, the second your mind wanders or you, like, lose that motivation, you're kind of screwed. You have to be able to pull yourself back out of that. Mm -hmm. Because, like, even having a close group of friends who's like, you know, come on, come on, come on. It's still up to you to get up and move. I have one friend who, you know, we've historically always ran together and he decided he was, he couldn't run World's Toughest Mudder last year. And suddenly I didn't hear from him for like six months. And, you know, I would ask if he wanted to come running and he'd make excuses. And I think he just kind of, had a little bit of resentment because of how he had to make the decision not to wrote one real stop its mutter. And every time we would talk, I would say, listen, I can't force you to come out and run. I'll invite you. But if you oversleep, you oversleep. I can't wait for you. And if you say no, I'm not going to beg you. Like if no. you're not, if you don't want to race anymore, it, I'm not going to sit here and beg you. Only you can decide if this is still right for you. You're always invited to come out with me. But at the end of the day, 
it's up to you. And he'll say, oh no, you have to kick my ass. Tell me I need to go. And I said, no, I can't do that because I don't at any point in time want you to resent me for saying, oh, well, I couldn't do X, Y, Z because I, I had to go run with you or whatever else. And it's yeah. like, only you can hold yourself accountable, no matter how much you say, I have family, friends, whoever else that will hold me accountable. Hell, even as a coach, it's not my job to hold my clients accountable for what they're doing. I put the training on their calendar. I'm not there screaming in their ear to get them out of bed in the morning. I'm not, you know, slapping things out of their hands when they're trying to put it in their mouth. I am not, you know, doing anything to tell them, go run, go lift, whatever else. I don't have the time nor the patience to no. kind of baby somebody like that. If you don't have the motivation and the discipline, that's on you. I will give you everything you need to get you to where you're going. But it's all right there laid out for you. You have to get up. You have to get moving. That, that was a big thing, I think, when I lost the weight, you know, in 2020 was I was always waiting for somebody to say, hey, let's go work out. Let's go for a run. And then finally, I'm like, if I wait for somebody forever, it's never going to happen. Exactly. So I just started doing it myself. And I got so used to just going to do it myself. I had friends all the time. Like, why, why don't you ever invite me? I'm like, because when I have, you don't show up. So I'm never, if I invite you and you're not there, then I feel whatever and it just finally got to a point of it's like okay i'm running at this time or i'm gonna go do a workout at this time if you want to show up show up if not whatever but you know this is when i'll be there and that's me and my my good friend brian who you know i called my supper brother we did a lot of workouts that way but we told everyone hey we're gonna be at this park at this time we got extra weights if you want to use them this is the workout we're doing you want to show up show up if not that will be there so I actually went on a rant probably either last week or the week before, because again, my schedule is like exploding right now. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I will say like, I am great at my job. I am really yes. good at in-person training and finding, you know, the biomechanics stuff that people need to work on. I will get you results. You just have to listen to me. Um, but I'm getting so busy now that I'm really setting boundaries. So I said, you know, I'm my Friday, I'm going to be done in the morning. And then I have the rest of the day and all of the weekend, somebody contacted me and they said, Hey, I have a potential client for you. They're looking to lose weight. Can I connect you with them? I said, yeah, sure. So I connected with them and the person said, well, I can only come in after 5.30. I said, oh, I am booked solid Monday through Thursday at that time set. And in my head, I'm like, I don't really do much in terms of weight loss. And it's not to say that I don't help people lose weight, but people that come in and say, I want to lose weight, I genuinely or generally don't work with them. Yeah, And there's a reason why. So I was like, I've set this boundary, but you know, okay, I will meet with you on Friday at 4.30. I had it scheduled and the person came back and they said, okay, well, can you tell me your rate? And do you train at any other studios? I said, this is, 
I can come to your house if you would like, and it's going to cost the same amount as the studio because I have to pay a portion to the studio fee, but otherwise I have stuff in my truck and, you know, gas and travel, whatever. It's comparable mm -hmm. to what the studio fee would be. So I told her my rate, which is a very reasonable rate for the city of Boston, factoring in studio rent and everything else. And she comes back and said, ooh, uh, yeah, that that's too expensive for me. I can't do that. And it got me thinking. It's like, this is why I don't really train people who come in and say, I want to lose weight. They don't really put the money into healthy lifestyle choices as much as they probably should. They're very hesitant and then they want immediate results. And as we all know, it's not about dropping weight quick. It's about yeah. dropping weight safely and building healthy habits. So typically, you know, the people that do come on, they're like, oh, well, I just want to train one time a week because I can't really afford this. And, you know, I expect, you know, measurements every week or every two weeks. And, you know, I bet I, I want to try it for just six, 10 weeks and see what my results are. And it's like, if you're coming in once a week right now, I don't really have faith that you're going to do a lot of stuff on your own and to expect substantial results in 10 weeks off of not having do done a lot of things. That's drastic. We need to make some serious changes first, like fix your body before you really start seeing it all come on. Yeah. So I, um, so I said, I just went on this whole long rant. He said, listen, I help people lose weight. People who come to me, yes, they are very capable of losing weight, but they, I want people that come in with a reframed way of thinking saying, I want to feel better. I want to move better. I want to live a healthier lifestyle. I want my clothes to fit better. They, they know that there is going to be more to this than I just want to lose weight. Yeah. And so my recommendation for any single person who is sitting there saying, how dare you not want to train anybody who's losing weight, whatever else, because again, I am not the type of coach that is going to sit and hold your hand. I am more of an educator. I want to teach you. Mm -hmm how to change your lifestyle and how to change your body so you feel confident and comfortable doing this stuff on your own. So I'm going to give you homework. Just like any other teacher, we are not calling to your house asking your parents if you're doing your homework. Either you do it or you don't. You're yeah. going to come back to me and I'm going to say, hey, why didn't you do your homework? So if you are looking for that weight loss, instead of hiring a one-on-one -on -one trainer, look Go a little bit more of an affordable route. Get a small group training, not group classes, but small group training where you have the accountability of a group. You have a coach that is walking around, looking at you, teaching you, instructing you without constantly like honing down or bearing down on you as you're doing every single thing. Because most people want that accountability more than they want that one-on-one -on -one attention. They just need to start moving and they need people that are going to mm -hmm. teach, that, that are going to hold them accountable to show up to their classes. Yeah. 
And that was one thing for me. Like when I lost, a lot of people forget too. They think, oh, if I just go to the gym and go to a coach two or three times a week, I'm going to suddenly start losing weight. Never fully understood diet. And that's, that's one of those things that I didn't get until I started really losing weight. And everyone's like, how did it work? I'm like, I started working out and then I started paying attention to what I was eating. Mm -hmm. You can't out train a bad diet. It's so cliche, but it's true. Like, you know, as soon as I moved to Boston 10 years ago, I did not know a single thing about how the buses worked. I really, I did not know it, but I lived right on the bus from my apartment and dropped off at the gym that I worked at. But instead I was like, oh, well, I know that I'm near the red line. So I'm just going to walk the three quarter mile to the red line. And I was doing that six times going there and back three times a day. And I dropped something like 10 pounds just from the walking back and forth from the T plus walking around the gym and training people and training myself. And then as soon as my body figured out what I was doing and like learned my schedule, I put that weight right back on because your body plateaus and it stabilizes. It wasn't until, you know, I figured out more of my diet and changed up my workouts to match what I wanted to do that I could finally get my body in that healthy place where I wanted to. And now, even now, when I was going into World's Toughest Mudder this past year, I cut out caffeine and I cut out added sugars for two weeks before my heart rate, my active heart rate dropped like probably five to 10 beats per minute during my different zones and my pacing shot up and I was just feeling better. My body was looking better. I had dropped like water weight and I was just in a much better place because I cut out that those little bits of things for two weeks before the race. Of course, then, you know, the off season comes and it's holidays and whatever else. And now it's like, I can't even imagine trying to cut out some of this stuff right now. I know I need to, but, you know, if I don't have the motivation to work out, why would I have the motivation to, you know, cut out coffee? Like what? No. Yeah, who can start coffee? Who? I know. I'm so I can't say much. That's right one thing now. I've actually, I've been thinking about cutting back on my coffee. Um, cause I, I'll be honest. I drink an entire pot of coffee a day by myself. I'm going to be honest. I am doing exact opposite of your thinking because now that I have a client at 5 a.m., I have to wake up at 3.45 and then I have five clients back to back and anybody who trains anybody knows like you should probably take a break after four clients straight but I'm like meh what's a fifth client and then I'm mm -hmm. like meh what's a sixth client but yeah. I hit I get to my 7 a.m. client and I usually drink tea first thing in the morning because my tea tastes or my collagen tastes better in my tea and I want something hot and I don't like hot coffee so I'm like I'm just gonna drink tea in the morning and then 7 a.m rolls around and I'm a zombie and I'm like why am I dying right now and then I drink cold brew and instantly I'm alive and can't even nap during the day so I'm like yeah. I really should just drink coffee first thing in the morning yeah see I start my day with a, a cup and then a thermos in between the two they hold a full 12 pot, a pot of coffee plus my protein 
shake is I dump it in my coffee is my, that's my, my sweetener for my coffee is my protein shake. <laughs> so I dump it in the coffee. So that way, because before it was always, you know, I use sugar and cream and everything else. Yeah. And I figured out if I just take my protein shake, it gives it, you know, make yeah. it taste just as good. So yeah, I'll just dump my protein shake in there. And that's what I'll drink until noon, about noonish, it'll be gone. And then I switch to water with either IV, uh, liquid IV or noon in it. Wow. And that's what I drink the rest of the day normally. Yeah. But, but like I said, the hard part was the diet. Once I'm now, and that's what I'm focusing on now again, at least the one thing that me and my wife haven't done, we have not gone back to the fast food. Good. We, we, you know, cause before it was fast food all the time. And we uh, very rarely, I think I've had what in the last probably two months, I maybe had fast food twice. Oh, wow. That's good. But I mean, we did have Cracker Barrel, which is kind of fat, not really fast food, but you know, whatever. But yeah. I did have that last weekend. But, you know, so I mean, we haven't been having eating out. We eat healthy. Um, we've actually started even getting the whatever the, the delivery meals that you can make. Okay, yeah. So trying to eat healthy again and get back into that, keeping track. And one thing I found for me, if I'm eating the right things, I actually eat more than I okay. used to. So like for me on my diet this week anyway, it's pretty much been my coffee in the morning. That's pretty much my breakfast. About three hours in, I'll have a banana or two and then I'll have an orange, something like that. And then I'll have my, my two wraps for lunch, mm -hmm. which is just a tortilla shell, a tortilla with, um, cheese and lunch meat. That's it. Okay. Um, and only three slices of, of lunch meat and one slice of cheese. I like count it because it, it gets any more than that. It starts to get bad. But, and then either pineapple on my drive home and maybe like a hard boiled egg and then whatever we have for dinner. Okay, good. So I try and keep smaller portions throughout the day just to keep my body, mm -hmm. you know, going. And that's one thing that I found. I mean, when I was younger, I used to do, it was just dinner. I didn't eat breakfast. I didn't eat lunch. All I ever did was ate dinner. One meal a day. But it, when I would eat dinner, it was like four helpings. Right. You know, but I put my body in a starvation mode constantly yeah. every day. And I found once I started actually eating, I started eating even more. But breaking it down, there's small meals throughout the day. My body burns it. And if yeah. I'm running and I'm doing active, active activities, I'll burn through it. And I actually, I feel better. A hundred times. So I've been working on the, the diet, you know, getting back into moving more again and getting the exercise back in. I mean, I hit 10,000 steps every day. I don't think I've missed 10,000 steps since September, but like you said, your body gets used to it. I yeah. mean, I walk every day at work. I'm constantly walking the floor. I'm constantly doing stuff. Usually by the time I get off work, I'm already at 8,000 steps just from walking around the, you know, the, the, the floor. So yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'd say just get something where you can keep logging everything that you're doing, you know, keep a log of all your strength workouts, write down how everything is going, what's feeling good, what you want to, what you need to improve upon, what you need to increase weight on or increase time on or whatever else. And always reference that. So you're constantly moving ahead. Because mm -hmm. I promise you, like, yeah, you might remember what you did last week, but if you miss a week, how are you supposed to remember what you did two, three, four weeks ago? Yeah. 
And especially if your Garmin isn't tracking it or if you can't put some specific stuff in there, you're just kind of going off of memory and you're not always going to remember everything. No. Yeah, that's very true. So I definitely need to start doc documenting more. I have, like I said, I have the book. I can do it. I have a book that I got specifically for that. And then it just mm -hmm. sits there and yeah, I don't use it. <laughs> yeah, you need to use that. And you need to start making, um, developing more of like race planning where you can keep track of your gear, your fuel, you know, when you expect to feel specific aches, pains, when you need to stretch certain things, or when you can push a little bit more, or when you need to be eating specific food or And that's the hard one to get. Because the hard part is, is this, this is the one thing I found triathlon that's so tough. Me, I normally don't eat before race anyway, but I've been mm -hmm. finding more and more. It's the bad way to do it. Cause, um, like the other day I ate like just randomly for lunch. I had leftover spaghetti, but it was a lot. Um, and then I went and ran afterwards and I like felt great actually, yeah. you know, because I had that fuel. Yeah. Um, but the problem I ran into was triathlon. I don't like to swim that way. Okay. So, so it's like when I go to swim, I don't like to have a full stomach. It it makes me feel bleh. But could you do the swim on like a gel or a goo or like yeah, and a that's waffle? What I, and that's it. That's what I got to figure out. How can I how can I do that? And then, you know, like my my friend Jamie, who's she's training for the full iron, yeah, which is like three weeks after my my half. Um, and she's been trying to figure out ways to eat on <laughs> on the right. bike. Right. You know, and there's some very interesting ways people do that. Yeah. Like they tape the goose to the, the frame in a way that they can grab it and tear it open. Wow. Because it's taped to the, the frame. Yeah. And it's like, huh, I never thought about that. But yeah, they have all these ways of doing it to try and eat Yeah, while you're riding down that, you know, and I never thought of it because especially on a full, I mean, you're doing 112 miles. Yeah. That's a lot of biking. Yeah. I would be getting all of the like high carb, high cal um, hydration mixes, mm -hmm. throwing in all the BCAAs and, you know, gels galore. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought 56 miles was bad. I don't know. I'm not ready for 112. Yeah. But yeah. But so, yeah, she's training for that one. So that's going to be interesting for her. But it's, yeah, definitely you, you see the way thing, people do things. The big one that I have is the way people go to the bathroom. I'm never going to do that. Sorry. I don't even want to know. Put no, it in your no. notebook. Yeah, I'll get off Start the bike and go pee on a tree. All of that stuff yeah. and write it down. I'll get off. I'll get off the bike and pee on a tree. I ain't, mm -mm. <laughs> no, no, yeah, right on. Awesome. All right. Well, we're getting close to that hour mark. So, is okay. there anything else you wanted to to tell the listeners? I think this was a really good episode. Talking. I about think like this was a good episode. Honestly, I had no idea what we were going to talk about coming in. And I was kind of just like, blah, I don't know that I want to talk about a lot of things. So I think this worked out really well. It did just the the, the prep, getting ready for the yeah. season, you know, getting I hope, all the blahs. Yeah, I hope this just sparked me to get out of the blahs because I didn't run last week because I was sick. So like even looking over my Garmin data, I'm like, yeah, I really need to do like mm, eight miles tomorrow, another maybe six five on sunday yeah you better get out there and get going yeah definitely we'll see 
Yeah. So, well, it's always, as always, great to talk to you. So definitely um, we should do this more often and yeah. a little sooner than yes. the last time. <laughs> I think this last time it's just the holidays, everything messed me all up it, and got, you know. Hey, yeah. seasonal depression hits hard. So it does. It does. I mean, even what was funny is I actually started getting on vacation when we were in Palm Springs. I was running every day outside, going and running the around, doing that, swimming in the pools while we're at the, the resort, doing everything. And then every single one of us on the trip tested positive for COVID. Oh, no. Like the day we can't, except for me. I'm the only one who did, tested negative. Good. Everybody else on the trip tested positive. But Everybody, still, it's I, going around right now. Yeah, I still kind of got sick a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I think what it might have been, I think I was the first one to get sick. Yep. And by the time we, everyone tested, I had already been, I was already over okay, it. Okay, yeah. But I had, you know, but then there's that lingering for like a week or yep. so after where your body just, ugh. Yep. So, and I'm finally just now like this week getting over that and getting back to where like, yeah. okay. And then it didn't help too that the gym that I swim at, they closed the pool for like renovations for a week and a half. Ooh, I'm like, yeah. Yikes. So. Well, here, Boston hasn't seen the sun probably in two to three weeks. And we're, we have gotten rain almost every single weekend since I think August. Yeah. So we are swimming. We're, we're just drowning right now. We have no sun and nothing but rain. We haven't had snow really in two years. Like it is horrible and miserable. And I just want sunshine. I won't say that it was 62 degrees here today, but. I mean, we haven't really had cold. Yeah. It's it's supposed to snow, uh, not snow, but it's supposed to get really wet again tomorrow. So we had flooding. I'm in the county of Texas too that said, you know, had all the flooding and everything. That was the county I live in. Okay. But, but it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Okay. But, you know. <laughs> so all right well it's been great talking to you yes definitely we need, we need to definitely do this again sooner so yes we'll, we'll, I, I will agree. talk to you after we're off and we'll get this all settled settled and get ready for the next one okay perfect all right we'll talk to you soon yep bye right, bye thanks for listening to the beastnet podcast if you haven't done it yet find us on facebook like and share the podcast Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Yeah.